Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Great to have you joining us for On The Pace on this Thursday morning edition here on Sky Sports Radio. We're off to Penrith this evening for Harness Racing in New South Wales. Just a seven-race card getting underway at 6.22. But this weekend, we're certainly looking far and wide when it comes to New South Wales interest. Of course, we've got a good card of racing on Saturday night at Menangle, but we also have an eye on Shepparton with their Shepparton Pacing Cup card alongside the Trotters free-for-all before next week we roll along to the Ballarat Pacing Cup and then uh, a fortnight after that the Hunter Cup so we're not far at all uh, out from that $500,000 feature and there's sure to be New South Wales interest and we're waiting to see a few of the big guns uh, step out in the next few weeks to really solidify their position to take on the likes of Akuda who of course is coming across uh, from New Zealand and potentially even leap to fame. Uh, we're waiting to hear if he's heading in the direction of the Hunt Cup. Straight away off the back of that carnival in Victoria, we'll roll along to the Carnival of Miracles here in New South Wales with the Chariots of Fire to be staged on March 2nd and the Miracle Mile, the $1 million Miracle Mile on March 9th. As mentioned, we're off to Penrith this evening before we roll along to Bathurst on Friday night for their Oberon Cup card. And we also, uh, on Friday night, have Newcastle Racing before that Menangle card on Saturday, alongside Young in a Saturday night time slot and also Broken Hill with their non-tab meeting. So busy, busy times when it comes to plenty of cards of racing here in New South Wales. We did have a trialling session yesterday at Menangle. The fast class trial went the way of Titian Raider. So he's had a busy week. He raced last Saturday. He trialled yesterday and he's racing and drawn well this coming Saturday night. He defeated the last Art Breeders Challenge victor, Captain's Knock, uh, on that occasion. So Captain's Knock, no doubt, starting to rev up towards a Chariots of Fire campaign. A few other nice four-year-olds. Mr. Robin Hood was able to win his trial in 151-4, and four, uh, defeating Spirit of Arion. Spirit of Arion took on some good races uh, when coming across from uh, New Zealand last preparation, so he may be another that's setting his sights towards a Chariots of Fire campaign. Robbie Morris is our guest this morning. He's got a busy few days upcoming, as he always does. Penrith tonight, Newcastle tomorrow, and Menangle on Saturday night. But I'm sure Robbie had a, a fair decision to make when it came to his Saturday night engagements with the Lucky Lodge stable also being represented at Shepparton for that cup card and Robbie's chosen to stay at home base and he's uh, sending Kerry-Ann and Josh down south to do the business there with their two charges in Canina Provlima and Pete said so good morning Robbie I'm sure that that was a, a tough decision to make but a strong book at home base on Saturday night has clearly uh, lured you to stay home yeah thanks for having me Britt yeah I sort of I was humming and hurrying which way I went but um like you said I got a number of drives that night here and Neptune drew one in a, in a pretty handy field in that $30,000 final. So I elected to stay home. Last time going heaven and a few nice horses here as well. So, yeah, Josh and Kerry, I'm sure they'll, they'll do the, the job down south and hopefully get a bit of a result. That Shepherd and Pacing Cup is race number six on Saturday night. Dual representation, as mentioned. We'll touch on them both. Kanina Provlima and Pete said so, both uh, coming through an Inter-Dominion series where they were able to qualify for a grand final. Firstly, on Kanina Provlima, he was super through that series and actually very unlucky when it came to the grand final. He went to the line untested. What went wrong at Bathurst? You didn't probably look comfortable at any stage. Have we put the finger on what uh, occurred there? 
Yeah, no, he sort of he shocked us all, really. To be honest, he um he didn't really handle Bathurst at all, which is very strange. I don't think it was a track. I I don't know if he sort of just might have been feeling something somewhere, but we we had the vets go over him the next day and pull bloods and showed no signs of anything. He had an easy three or four days in the bottom paddock and just had a swim after that. And his work's been super since. So it was one of them things that was sort of couldn't really put our finger on, but um, we'll just have to put it behind us. And his, his work's been great. And he hasn't missed a beat since. So I'm sure he'll bounce back to his, his form that he had in the interest. Yeah, that was a real pity because he was able to put himself in a really dangerous position. He showed a bit of gate speed, which I guess is a positive going forward as well. But there's a lot inside him on Saturday night at Shepparton, despite the nice gate of four. Yeah, that's it. He's, um, the emergency's got to run now, so he stays in four. And obviously, Curly James, Curly James and um, the two Greg Sugars, they both got really good gate speed. So there'll be a bit, bit going on there early, but... Um, well, he does get out of the gate really good, and we want to sort of try and see if he can get that little bit more of a string to his bow, um, just to put himself into the races a little bit more. Obviously, these horses, when they've got to be driven sit sprint styles all the time, they, you know, tempo-related races become a big thing for him. So he seems really good, and he's, he's, he's happy, and he's, he's bouncing. His work's been super. So he'll be put into the race early, and hopefully he can get a good trip somewhere. Okay, that's Kanina Provlima, and Pete said so has an ordinary draw out in six. What was your assessment of his Shirley Turnbull run? Yeah, probably just got shuffled back. Um, didn't really get into the race, and when he did get into it, he had to come wide. Uh, I probably felt that he was a little bit playing himself, um, but when we got home, he, he actually blew out a little foot out just the next morning, um, which we rectified pretty quick, so... Looking back on that, I think he probably just had a little bit of an infection running through his system and just didn't let down as good as he'd had been. Um, but we are, we're always pretty happy when we can put our finger on the pulse there the next day and figure out the issue. And um, we rectified that pretty quick. And his bloods are good and he, he's really bouncing out of his skin. He enjoys a road trip. So um, yeah, he's looking forward to getting, getting away as well. So Shepparton this weekend, $75,000. And I'm sure for both of uh, this pair, you'd really love to see him in a Hunter Cup in a month's time from now. Have you you plotted a path to try and get them into that half a million dollar feature? Do they stay in Victoria and target Ballarat or is it one step at a time through this Saturday night? Yeah, we've sort of at this stage, we're just taking it one step at a time with them. Sort of the main reason they went this way was obviously uh, logistically Shepparton a closer trip for them without the extra couple of hours of travel. Um, they'll stay in Shepparton. They head down tomorrow morning. We, we just like to see them. You know, if they can put their right foot forward in the Shep Cup that day night, I think it'll hold them in good stead for a Hunter Cup slot. You know, I don't think there'd be two horses with better. You know, they've, they've, without winning, they've been ultra-consistent for a long period of time and they both run placings in their Inter-Dominion heats behind really good horses. Um... You know, I just last year, unfortunately, Pete said so, missed a run in the Hunter Cup, which sort of still amazes me. And I think the reason why was he probably didn't turn up for any of their country cups. So we're sort of put ourselves there to know that they're there and we're ready to race and, and happy to go if they give them the opportunity. 
All right, well, hopefully forward performances from both this Saturday night. Sees them right in uh, front of the eyes of selectors. You're off to Penrith tonight, so we might as well touch on a few of these uh, runners as well before we focus it on Saturday night at Menangle. Heavenly Reason in the second event on the card comes up with a nice draw. She's pretty consistent, uh, this mare, and last time out they went solid time around Penrith and she wasn't beaten all that far. So with the right sort of run again this evening and from the barrier draw, it looks as though she'll get it. She can't be dismissed. No, definitely not. She's um, she's honest as the day's long. Probably her lack of early gate speed hurts her a little bit, but from barrier two, she won't need a lot of gate speed to hold her own. So if she can lob a good spot without doing too much work, her run, she actually got checked down into the first turn there last week or a fortnight ago and sort of had to get into a bit of a scrimmage and we come out the other end and had to make up a fair bit of ground. It was a really good third. So, um, yeah, she's definitely a chance. What about Polka Delight in race number four? I would have thought in a race of this nature, if she'd come up with a front row draw, she would have been really, really competitive. Not to say she can't be from a nice trailing second row draw tonight. Her last start effort was really strong. Yeah, it is. She's, um, she's racing really good. I would have loved to have seen her draw one to six. Polka's got to put herself on the front end and then off in the yard to chase. But barrier eight isn't the worst either. She can get a good little trip following through there somewhere. And if there's a good bit of genuine tempo early and throughout the middle stages... Yeah, look for her late, but she's been racing really good. Big Black Diamond goes around in race number five. The numbers probably aren't overly enthralling, but I feel like this horse is flying at the moment. He was a the winner there a few runs ago, and he's been really close up subsequently to that. He's racing well. He is. He's, um, yeah, you're 100% right there. His numbers don't look pretty, but his sectionals have been off the chart. Um, the horse is airborne. He just needs a bit of luck. He's a sit-sprint horse that probably needs the race to come to him, but that's why we probably elected to put him a bit up in grade into the fast, faster class, just to get a little bit more tempo, but he's come up with an ordinary draw. So um, we'll just have to drive him for one run. But if they go silly early, he definitely can come late. He's been um, going really good. He's owned and bred by Reg Walsh. And Reg had a debutant on Tuesday that I just wanted to ask you about whilst we're on the topic, power to impress the son of Lazarus. He looked extremely impressive. Just a freshly turned three-year-old going 152-4 on debut. You must have a nice opinion of this guy. Yeah, we do. He's, um, he's always shown a fair bit of ability. And unfortunately, early on, I think he put a hairline fracture in his past and it needed a couple of screws and... That's probably why he didn't race at all as a two-year-old. But um, he's always shown a lot. And he's a beautiful, big-moving horse. And he puts himself there. His manners are fairly good. He's very green. Um, but I'm sure with a little bit of time and, and racing, he'll just keep getting better. So we're looking for him to hopefully do big things through sort of February and March and in the battle. Okay, that's a horse to follow, definitely going forward, power to impress. And lastly tonight, Betters Beyond goes around in race number seven, was first up from a little, uh, well, from a decent break last time out, spent the best part of 18 months off the scene. So I would assume there's going to be a fair bit of improvement through that run tonight. Yeah, there would be. She's, um, she's a typical Betters Delight too. There's not much of her, but she's very round. Um, she, look, she's honest as the day's long, probably... Lacks a bit of top end speed and she's probably no star, but she's in the right grade. She'll need a good little soft trip along the fence to be dangerous today, but there's a wind not too far around the corner for us. 
That's Penrith tonight. If you I wanted to quiz you on for Saturday evening, last tango in heaven you mentioned uh, off the top of the show goes around in race number two. I thought uh, he was a sneaky chance last week and he wasn't beaten all that far despite the four next to his name in good time. I, I like the way he's progressing this preparation. Each run he seems to get a little better and Saturday night's field super open. Yeah, it is. He's, um, you know, we sort of, when he first lobbed from New Zealand, he just didn't handle the weather and it was all a bit too much for him. So we elected to give him a really good blow. And he's been, every run progressively got better and better and starting to get a little bit of consistency into him and he's handling it all really well. So uh, I will super pleased with him on, on Saturday night. He come from a fair way back and only got beat a slender margin, albeit running fourth. Uh, open race this Saturday with plenty of speed around him, so um, we should be able to get a nice little sit there again, and I'm expecting him to run another forward race. Race number three is a fast class, and it's a very strong fast class event as well. We've got the likes of Magician, uh, Bondi Lockdown, Zeus Bromac on return, the Flying Mac Da Vinci. Poor old Porter Prince got to a grade that's not easy to, to be in very quickly. He just looks to the eye to just be struggling to take that next step. He was stood down last time out, so uh, he hasn't, well, he's been off the scene for what, two weeks now, so it mustn't have been anything too serious. Yeah, no, he's, um, he's sort of one of them horses that. He went from a 50-rated or a free-for-all really quick, and he, he, he's now not handling a few of the harder boys putting a couple on his chin, but um, he's getting used to it. Uh, we just got to let him find his feet. And Yeah, he, he unfortunately, after Penrith, which I thought was quite a good run in fast time, he, he got the stray kick off another one heading to the wash bay, and it just cut down on the bottom of his uh, hamstring, and we had to put a couple of staples in there. Dr. Andrew Argyle was there pretty quick, and he stapled it up and, and held up really fast. But because of that, he, he got stood down for seven days and just had to have his duke for a couple of days. So that was why he sort of got stood down. It was nothing to do with his run. But, look, his work's been really good. Um, since his last run there, too, we've also got his coffin joints injected, which I think we might help him a lot. He's sort of always had them done throughout his career and um, he's had them done since that run too whilst he had good and race. So I think that'll help him. Um, he needs a little bit of everything to go his way, but if it goes his way, I'm, I'm sure he'll run a good race without probably winning, but he's getting back to a bit of his best form. All right, that's race three, Port-au-Prince. Maybe a horse to watch through Saturday evening and beyond. And lastly, Neptune, you would have been thrilled with the A-skate in this New Year's gift final. It's a hot field. They're liable to, to go close enough to 50 or maybe a little quicker. But he's returned really well from a spell. He seems a horse full of confidence. And last week, the margin wasn't huge, but it never looked really like he was going to get beaten. I noticed you, you didn't activate the blinds or the earplugs. So there must have been a little bit in hand, but he'll probably need to find that little bit more on Saturday. Yeah, he definitely will. Obviously, he's a three-year-old, just turned four-year-old, that we sort of had a lot of opinion of early. And he's always done a good job. I think he's only had the 11 or 12 starts in New Zealand. He's probably won six or seven of them. And, you know, I was really pleased with him last week because I didn't really think he could leave and do it all the hard way and, and keep fighting them off. And he can think a little bit, especially out in front. Um but he, he done it really well, and I do have a lot of time for the mare that was sitting on his back. I do think she's a nice mare going forward. There's plenty of speed around him. It's going to be a little bit tactical early. We'll just have to sort of see where we're at. But I'll press the button for the first 50 or 100 and, and see where do we go from there. But, um, you know, he's a lovely horse going forward, and he's sort of mapped out to aim for the better four-year-old races come February. 
is he going to be a top liner? He's probably a length or a length and a half behind them real top ones, but um, I think he's more than good enough to compete with him, and I think he'll get better the more he races him. You mentioned that he's potentially been a horse in the past that maybe hasn't been a genuine front runner, but does last week's effort give you confidence that you can potentially try and lead this race? You mentioned it's going to be tactical, but I guess that gives you options now if you have uh, A, B and C as plans. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, obviously, if the right one's not there to let go, and I don't really want to be anywhere by the ring front or behind the leader. So um, we'll just have to let it play out for the winning post. But obviously, the way he went last week gives me a lot of confidence um, with him leading. Uh, you know, the only thing is, he's probably not going to get the the first quarter in 28 and a half and the next one in 29 and a half. And that's where it becomes a bit of a mental battle with him, obviously. As you know, Brick, when you get one off the ground a long way from home, the 375 metre straight can be real long. So um, you just got to let it play out early. And I'll have that in the back of my mind, but I'm, I'm more than happy to lead on him if I have to. That's Saturday night's feature, the Club and Angle New Year's gift final. Some really top quality horses are going around there that we're going to see in better races going forward as well. Appreciate your time this morning, Robbie. Busy few days upcoming for the stable. Here's hoping there's a few winners amongst them. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your time, Britt. Robert Morris joining us this morning here for On The Pace. He's edging quite close to a, a milestone as well, Robbie. He's on... Uh, 1,946 victories. So you would expect in this season that he's going to get up and over that 2,000 career driving success mark, nine Group 1 victories to his name as well. And the Lucky Lodge team have made a smart start to uh, the 2024 season. They're heading south with Kanina Provlima and also Pete said so on Saturday night for that Shepherd and Pacer Cup where there is a bit of New South Wales interest. We're also going to see Typo head south for Brad Hewitt, uh, he was able to win their two starts and wasn't beaten all that far when second in the Shirley Turnbull Memorial. So New South Wales starting to flex their muscle when it comes to the feature races south of the border and we'll likely see more uh, to Shepparton next week and uh, big pun to Ballarat next week and then heading towards the Hunter Cup, which is to be staged on the first uh, Saturday in February, Saturday the 3rd of February, that $500,000 feature alongside the Great Southern Star also on that card of racing. Penrith this evening, uh, seven races, the first getting underway uh, local time at 6.22, so seven races tonight before a busy Friday in New South Wales Harness Racing tomorrow and Michael Gearham will cover all of it here on Sky Sports Radio for Finding Winners just after 10.30.